everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed therapist specializing in OCD and anxiety disorders. And uh, thank you all so much for joining me today. This is a question and answer based podcast where you, the listener, get to send me, the podcaster, uh, questions about OCD and anxiety stuff. You can do that in a couple of ways. Go over to fearcastpodcast.com and click on the submit question link. You could send me a text question there, or you can uh, attach a link to a Google Drive where you have previously dropped a recording of your voice. Um, and a recording will get you to the top of the list and bypass all the other text ones. Um, I'm still accepting text ones. Those are still fully acceptable and awesome. Um, but again, I, I, I know voice, uh, the voice questions are, are just so much more interesting to hear your voice. Um, so we have a question, a audio question today. Oh, the other way that you can do that. Um, I'm over at Instagram. I'm Fearcast Podcast over at the Instagram. So you can send me a message over there. Um, and um, you can send me a question through the DM. Just send me a DM and uh, record your voice by pressing the little microphone tab or a little microphone button in the uh, text box there, and you can record your, your stuff. Um, a question that I'm going to be recording soon was um, uh, sent in through audio and sent in through the Instagrams. So what they discovered, and everyone who sends me an audio that way discovers very quickly, it is limited to one-minute segments. So unless you are wildly succinct in your question, Likely, you're going to have to record a couple of different audios. But if you just like press record and then record your voice, and then once it's over, you just press record again and just keep on going with your question where, wherever you left off, um, I will, through the magic of technology, edit it all together into something that sounds like a coherent single question rather than breaking it all up. So, um, with all that said, feel free to send in your questions. Today we're going to do an audio question. I'll try to get to that relatively quickly. Um, I'm pretty excited, everybody. I've got someone coming up to add to the um, Anxiety in the Arts series. Uh, this is a, a, a dude I got to see ba- uh, play bass recently um, and uh, listener to the podcast as well. And uh, I'll have him on to talk about uh, his experience. Uh, so, I'll, I'll just say in advance uh, before I get into his recording for a another uh, episode. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, for having me uh, at, at the concert. It was super fun to see. So um, let's see here. What was I going to say? I don't really know. I think we might as well just get into the question. So I'll just play the question here and we are going to get into it. Hi, Kevin. My name is Tara. I was diagnosed with OCD about seven months ago. I've been in treatment for almost four months. Um, I was diagnosed 16 years ago with generalized anxiety disorder and all of my therapists have always thought that that's just what I had but um cancellation themed OCD and relationship themed OCD got so bad um that a therapist that I had before uh realized that that's what it is um I basically sort of threw myself into doing ERP with my NOCD therapist, who I'm super grateful for, um, and I'm working really hard at it. I do imaginal scripts, I read or listen to things that are triggers, and I try to avoid responding with uh, either ruminations or compulsions. Those are sort of my two biggies. Um, I'm able to address my ruminations for the most part, uh, though it's tough and I'm not always successful. But even though it's not perfect, I'll, I'll take it. At least I'm moving you know, in a more helpful direction. 
However, I find myself, I guess it's called maladaptive daydreaming, almost constantly. Um, Sometimes the daydreams take the form of ruminations, maybe. Like they're about the worst case scenario coming true and how I'm either going to like succumb or sometimes I persevere. But um, I also daydream about like any number of other things. It's it's nearly constant. I think it may be like maybe in an in an effort to distract myself from the ruminations like that are upsetting and insert daydreams that are comforting. And so my question for you is, how do we address maladaptive daydreaming? Um, Is it a type of rumination? What are some resources, exercises, workshops? I I mean, I don't even care what it is, but um, what are some things that you can do? All right, Tara. Thank you so much for sending in that question. This is um, this was a, a, a to a certain degree a new one. We haven't really we haven't not really we have not talked about maladaptive daydreaming on this podcast before. But I think it is something that a lot of people do experience. A lot of people certainly experience daydreams in the course of their life. Uh, the average person is going to experience daydreams more as a pleasant, fun sort of thing. Um, but it can cross that line into maladaptive daydreaming. And um, it, it it can certainly be a problem for a lot of folks. It sounds like it's becoming and slowly has become a problem for you. So I, I wanted to start off by just talking a little bit about what maladaptive daydreaming is and then talk a, a little bit about some things that, that you can do. So... The so maladaptive daydreaming again. We want to contrast this with kind of regular daydreaming or adaptive daydreaming. I think we just regularly call it daydreaming. So daydreaming is going to be that thing that you do where you retreat into your mind, into your imagination, and start thinking about fun stuff. You can start getting you know it's the experience we have of getting lost in a thought, or when we're thinking about a vacation we want to go on, or thinking about. Um, something that happened in the past, or thinking about something just completely fictitious that that has never happened or could never happen. They're fun. They generally can be fun. And they're used oftentimes as kind of a casual escape from you know, the monotony, the boredom of reality. Um, they can be, they, they can kind of rescue you for an un, from an uncomfortable situation. And we can start to think about something that, you know, maybe a bit more um, uh, pleasurable or interesting or engaging. Um, and it can kind of pass the time as it were, or, um, and, and for some, it can be a source of tremendous creativity. So daydreaming can pull us out of reality and start thinking about things that have never been. And that can, that can spark a ton of uh, you know either creative work if you're trying to that put that into writing or or art or music for that matter into a, a creative way, or, or but I think for the most part we're just kind of dreaming about fun stuff and we don't really give it a whole lot of thought, right? Now then there's maladaptive daydreaming. So this is where it is so maladaptive, not adaptive anymore, right? It is it is now costing us. It is the reverse of what we we ultimately want it to do. So within maladaptive daydreaming, people make a conscious decision to disconnect from their world and start to shift over and engage with their fantasy. We've talked a lot about fantasy on this podcast, and a lot about kind of the anxiety fantasy, and um, uh, and I know that's pulled a lot from the ICBT uh, folks or the ICBT theories, where they're going to talk about the OCD bubble and how that's uh, based in your imagination. I, I tend to call that the anxiety fantasy for whatever reason. I need to separate those two terms, um, but it's kind of when we retreat into this in, into this place and in that space, anything is possible. Um, 
uh, and and for some in maladaptive daydreaming, it can, it can be an escape again from anxiety, uh, in, including obsessions in a sense. Um, I, I found this quote when I was reading a couple of articles on this, and I, I, I think it very much rings true with maladaptive daydreaming. Um, while maladaptive daydreams can be pleasant as well, they are more likely to involve themes of violence, power, control, sex, cap- captivity, or rescue and escape scenarios. So more of something to think about that that's, you know, if it starts to drift off into those scenarios, you may be engaging in some uh, maladaptive daydreaming. So what are some common symptoms? So, um, so if you're if people who are in maladaptive daydreaming can get really engrossed in it, um, and they can even find themselves whispering uh, in that fantasy, but whispering to me in real life things that they're kind of saying in their head, or they're going to act things out physically. Right? They might move their arms, legs, kind of do a body posture. They might make facial expressions, making a grimace, having a surprised face, having a pained face, while they're engaging in this um, in this fantasy. Um, people with maladaptive daydreaming oftentimes having trouble or have trouble concentrating. Makes sense, right? You're disconnected from the task at hand, and instead you are over in this other space. To that end, people ex- experience and suffer a loss of time. Now, maladaptive daydreaming can be very short. It can be, you know, a couple of moments. It can be hours, even. So there can be a tremendous loss of time for someone engaging with these stories, and time that could be better used elsewhere. They have uh, to that end. They have trouble getting work done. They have trouble sleeping, and and I, I hear this a lot where people will get in their head and start thinking about like once they get into bed, you know, lights are off and they, you know everything is quiet in the house, and that is time for them to start to ruminate or to start to start to think and drift off, and that can that can mess with their sleep because they're having trouble shutting their brain off. That can lead to this daydreaming cycle where they're not sleeping very well at night because of the daydreaming, which then leads into a day tomorrow when you're tired and you're disengaged, and that can lead to more daydreaming, which then can start that cycle of then not not dreaming or not uh, then continue to daydream at night, further messing with sleep. So you can kind of see where this goes. Um, lastly, some people with maladaptive daydreaming can experience irritation when interrupted from that daydream. And that can cause, meaning that they have a a strong desire to kind of finish the daydream, to kind of get to a a checkpoint, to uh, get to the resolution of it, the the rescue, the the capture, the kill, the whatever it is, the escape. So they have a strong desire to have that finish from the dream. So being jolted out of it can cause a lot of irritation. So those are, those are some of the common symptoms for maladaptive daydreaming. And, you know, if, if other listeners out there are, are, are hearing this and going, oh, I kind of, I kind of do this, then, then, you know, perhaps some of the stuff that we're talking about, or I'm going to give uh, Tara some advice on um, could apply to you and you can practice some of this. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, by the way, before I get into um, some guidance on some things to, to some things to do, because it kind of sounds like Tara, your your main question is, um, is it a type of rumination? And then, what are some resources or exercises that you can do about this? Now, first off, I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited that you're connected with a therapist that you're working on some of this stuff. Um, I certainly hope that you have brought these things to your therapist and are talking about it and working with them on it. Um, and hopefully I am just here to supplement this information and to help kind of push you in a different uh, direction. So 
what are some things? So we'll, we'll actually to that end. I found a couple articles on it. I'll, I'll link those articles to the uh, to the episode page. So go over to fearcastpodcast.com. Um, uh, if you're listening to it this week, it'll be posted there. This will be episode 150. Um, 150 feels like a benchmark or like a, a checkpoint sort of podcast, and I probably should have done some something special to acknowledge it. Well, here I am. I suppose I'm acknowledging it. Yay, 150. Anyway, so we're going to keep on moving. All right, so you asked if it's a rumination. I don't think it's a rumination. This is kind of splitting hairs, I think. So I don't think it's a rumination, because I tend to think rumination is an effort to try to solve something in particular. It's an effort to, it's that thinking about thinking about thinking about a specific task or event, and it's problem solving, but it never gets put put into action. It never comes to fruition. So... What you might be doing, Tara, might be excessive ruminating. Maybe possible. That's what you're doing. Um, in which case, um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it mal- maladaptive daydreaming by the definition that I previously talked about. It, it, it may be more of you problem solving and retreating into your imagination. That kind of um, again, the, the OCD bubble, the anxiety fantasy, retreating into that and thinking and thinking and thinking. Now, is is there? Is a significant difference between them? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I think if you were engaging in rumination in terms of problem solving, um, I, I would I would more likely want to call it the problem solving. If you were engaging in maladaptive daydreaming, you know, by saying, "All right, I'm," you're thinking about, you know, flying through space with your buddy Alf, um, and you're going to go eat some cats together while you, you know, shoot unicorns out of your eyeballs. I don't know. If you're thinking about that stuff then that that sounds like more of a daydream kind of disconnection from reality. Now, to be to be clear, both maladaptive daydreaming and rumination are dissociative processes. You are disconnecting from real life, from the real things that are here. And when we say real things, sometimes those real things are important things like class or relationships or that business meeting or hanging out with your family or Christmas morning or whatever it might be. Um, uh, but And sometimes it is, it is a dissociation from anxiety. And that's where I would, that's where I wonder if maybe it's, 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 if it's, I think I wonder if it's more avoidance rather than a rumination. If you're just engaging in a in a fantasy that is disconnected from your fear, meaning you're not like ruminating about what the problem is and how to fix the problem or avoid the problem, you're thinking about something else entirely in a daydreaming sort of fashion. And again, it can still be uh, violent or scary or worrisome or, or 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 sexual in nature, whatever it might be. I wonder if that would maybe be more avoidance. All right. So regardless, what we want to do with maladaptive daydreaming is bring us is catch yourself and then bring yourself back to a grounded space here in reality. In reality, in the right now, this is the only time that you and I can do anything. I can't fix my problems in my fantasy. I can't fix my problems in the past. I can't fix my problems in the future because I ain't there. In any of those places, I am here right now. I'm here right now. And right now is the only time that I can do anything about anything. Now, I can set myself up for success for the future. That's something I can do right now, but that would be something, that would be an act I do now in anticipation, in hope for the future. 
It's not a promise. It's not a guarantee. But it is a guarantee that I, if I do the thing that I'm doing now, I'm going to be doing that thing, right? So for example, my back still hurts. I know. I know it still hurts. So I'm doing stretching and, and um, uh, sort of, you know, my chiropractor giving me exercises, all sorts of stuff. Um, I don't know when it's going to get better. I anticipate it will get better, but I can't do anything about it right. I can't fix it right now, but I can do things to set myself up for success for the future. If I stretch now, it will likely help. But if I just think about the future and, you know, when it's not fixed or when it is fixed, it doesn't help me to do anything right now. If I think about the past when it didn't hurt, that's not helping me. It's just pulling me away from time that I could be spending stretching or doing my exercise or icing or whatever the heck I'm doing. Anyways, you didn't ask about that. All right. So we're trying to bring ourselves back to right now. So some of the things, some of the points of advice I'm pulling from one of these articles, and one of these articles had like 13 different things that you can do, um, and I pulled out just a couple that I think are are more reasonable than others, and I think that that may be more tangible exercises that that uh, that you, Tara, and you, the other listeners, can do. Mm, coffee. All right. So, the first one: keep a journal of when it happens, what circumstances brought it up and what pulled you out of reality. Now, what this is going to kind of do, this is something that you're going to do after the factor when you if you can anticipate it and start seeing it coming and seeing that that pattern, then we can start to ground ourselves and and to disconnect ourselves from, you know, that freight train of our mind coming and say, "Oh, I see the freight train, but we don't need to jump on it." Right? So, keep a journal this next week. So when you found yourself disconnecting, if you can reflect back on on the event, on the event when it started, was there a thing that happened? Was there a situation that that happened? An interaction, a thing that you saw, a thing that you thought, a thing that you felt that drove you to disconnect and engage with this fantasy? Was there kind of a, 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 a an obsessive doubt? Right now, we're kind of thinking about the ICBT bridge sort of thing, right? What was the thing that caused you to look over into fantasy and go, maybe that would be a better space for me to be in than right here? And that comes through practice and comes through reflection. So it's not to say that you're going to nail it the first time. And if you do, great. But you're going to start to develop this awareness of what's happening, and journaling is a great way to do that. Now, once you do that, and if you can find some of those themes or triggers that that cause you to or, or drive you to dissociate, maybe you can practice some, essentially some exposures where you practice exposing yourself to those stimuli, those situations, those interactions, while practicing intentional grounding to stay present uh, in, in the face of those and kind of showing yourself that just because you're in the space of whatever that trigger is doesn't mean you automatically have to associate. In other words, dissociation is not the appropriate and correct way to deal with that thing. Instead, being present and writing through that anxiety is also an acceptable, or is a, actually not, not is also an acceptable. Uh, it's an, it's also a thing you can do, but it may be a more adaptive thing that you can do is to stay present and learn that you can ride through the anxiety, the discomfort, the fear, the annoyance, whatever it might be, rather than saying, nope, I can't handle it, I'm out, and, and dissociate. Um, 
so practice so similar similar to that practice mindfulness throughout the day you can set our timer to practice kind of grounding in the present moment so what I'll sometimes do is I'll have clients uh, set alarms on their phone and you can do random alarms you can get the yap app it's yapp and there are a bunch of other random um, uh, reminder uh, apps out there but they're just random reminders where you know your phone dings and it's a reminder to say all right for for this moment I'm going to sit down and I'm going to practice awareness now practicing awareness optimally um, being optimally being mindful is developing a lifestyle of being present and being mindful these exercises are things that you then do to practice building that skill so that eventually down the line as you continue to practice you develop this habit of just being present and noticing thoughts if you want to know more about this um i, I did a uh I, I've, I've done two interviews with john hirschfield the second one we talked a lot about mindfulness and he just came off the heels of a mindfulness retreat so he had a ton to talk about uh, on this check that episode out I don't know the, the the episode number of it offhand, um, but it was probably it was probably in August or September of twenty twenty two. So check that out. Something like that, and it was just after the conference last year. Um, anyways, <laughs> let's check out my notes. So. Um, yeah, so practicing mindfulness throughout the day. So. Um, so more importantly, building that perspective of being the observer of your experience, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, um, that can help you to remain grounded in reality. So what are you doing right now? What are the thoughts that you have? What are the mental images that are popping through your head right now? What are the physical sensations that you have right now? Place yourself, anchor yourself in the present moment, in the right here, right now. Kind of notice yourself in the context of this, this moment. Not in, I wonder what's happening elsewhere. I wonder what's happening somewhere, uh, some other time. I wonder what's going to happen later today. I wonder what my husband, wife, girlfriend, cousin, whoever is, is doing right now. But what is in your surroundings right now? That's what's happening. Practicing being present and, and holding that connection to the reality, to, the, to these moments, can be helpful. So the more you practice that, the more you can start to feel okay with the ups and downs, the, the things that are happening within life. So, moving on. So, um, back to the previous point about journaling. You're going to practice identifying when you get pulled out of the present. What, what feelings did you have? What was the thought process? What were the triggers again, right? Avoid situations that help you to disconnect from the present. So, um, so the, I have a sticking point with the article that I read. Here's why. Um, in, in one part of it, they said, um, they said you, can, you can use headphones Oh, so it said it said avoid headphones, but then later on it said um, it said or it said once said you should avoid headphones, but later on it said you should listen to podcasts while as grounding on headphones. Right? <sighs> this is the problem. This is a a problem in life. You're going to read some things. It's going to say, "Hey, A will help," and then other things will say, "You know what? A does not help. B helps. A is bad for you." Right now. 
We've talked about this a lot before. Some things in anxiety land, some things in mental health land, in life land, um, are helpful, and some things are not. And one thing that is helpful for person A is not helpful for person B. So, Tara, as we're talking about these things, some of the stuff on this list may become tremendous problems and may become hindrances, may become compulsions, may become um, sources of avoidance. And some of these things may be the ticket for you. I don't know which ones these things are going to be. You might not know what these things are going to be, and that's okay. I don't want anybody in the reach of my dumb voice to to fear making mistakes. I hope that has been one of the things I've, I've said or I've tried to put forth on this podcast over and over again. Don't fear making mistakes because you're gonna. I'm gonna. And that's okay. When we make mistakes, we fall into something. We do something. We go, wow, that was a bad idea. Great. That means we just learned something. We learned something about ourselves. We learned something about what, what works for us, what doesn't work for us. And then we'd say either, oh, it worked. I'm going to do more of that. Or we go, that did not work. I'm not going to do that again. And that's great. That's great. So, Tara, everybody else, don't feel afraid to make a mistake. So, now, and again, just because I said, hey, these are a bunch of things that could help, don't say, don't go to your therapist saying, hey, Kevin on the Fearcast said this thing's going to help. I know you keep saying don't do this, but he says it's going to help. Your therapist may have a very good reason why they want you to not do something and do what they say. They may be right, they may be wrong too. Therapists make mistakes. We've talked about that. I've talked about that. Anyways, all right, back to this. Ugh, sidetracked. Maybe I need, I, I don't know if I need more coffee or less coffee right now. Maybe both. Mm, for right now, it's more. All right. So, uh, it says avoid headphones. All right. If you find that you start dissociating and start engaging with the maladaptive fantasy, maladaptive uh, 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 daydreaming, while wearing headphones, perhaps wearing headphones is not going to be a good idea. If you find it helps ground you and it helps, make, helps connect you to something tangible, like if you're listening to a podcast or listening to music, and that helps for whatever reason you to remain present, Great. I'll give you another example where music, where the same, kind of the same thing can be good and bad. All right. I have a problem being distracted. Maybe you've noticed. You're like, yeah, like today. All right. I cannot, cannot, cannot read a book if music is playing. Because generally speaking, it's too interesting and I want to listen to it. If there is talking going on, I cannot listen, I cannot read at the same time. Now, maybe this is indicative and someone out there is listening to this and going like, Kevin, you have a, 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 a learning disability or you have, a, 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 you have dyslexia. I don't know. Maybe. And if, 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 that's, if you're diagnosing me with that, let me know because I would love to know. But I get distracted very quickly when I'm listening to something going on. Now, you know what music I can listen to? I can listen to EDM. Well, what is now called EDM. Back in the day, back in my day, we used to call it trance or house music. Um, and and I know those are two two different styles, but you get what I'm saying. It's electronic dance music, but I can listen to trance and that's fine. It's because it's 
monotonous and repetitive and you know nothing really sticks out there's no generally speaking there's no lyrics anyways the point is Tara I want you to find out what's going to work for you and if headphones works great if headphones doesn't work great but again that's part of noticing and being aware of when you get triggered and then writing it down and being honest with yourself maybe that thing and whether or not you like that thing maybe that thing isn't working for me all right let me keep moving on um it says to re-engage in other creative activities. So, um, so this article pointed out that that um, people with uh, maladaptive uh, uh, daydreams are often creative people. So, channeling that into something else outside of your imagination can be helpful. So, if you find yourself getting disconnected, maybe channeling that into writing, channeling that into music, channeling that into dance, channeling that into drawing or painting. That's what they're recommending. I. I I, I can see where it would go there. I could see where, where that might be helpful. But again, this is something for you to try to see if that helps rem, helps you to to be grounded or or not. So, um, so lastly on this list, it says um, whatever themes that you're in, you want to be aware of the themes that you are engaging with in 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 your daydreams and the maladaptive daydreams. I'm curious if they're reflecting skills or characteristics that need to be developed. So the article talked about it as self-acceptance. So they're recommending practicing self-acceptance. It's kind of suggesting that, that there's something about you that isn't acceptable, and that's why you're engaging in this um, dissociation to try to engage with your idealized self that may or may not be attainable. Now, that may be the case. I think there may be a lot of self-acceptance that needs to happen. Certainly self-acceptance about the process of getting distracted and the, and the reality of being distracted. But there's also the element of, being, uh, of, of noticing if the, if the daydreams are reflecting skills or abilities that you don't have or that you wish you had, right? Sometimes in those daydreams, we can engage with things where, you know, we're standing up to the bully or we are, um, we're, we're giving a talk when we're afraid of doing so, or we are, we are uh, skillful and, or we are athletic or we are fill in the blank, right? Something where we feel that we are deficient. And I wonder if, if for some of those, we can reflect back on those as maybe these are things that I would like to work on. Not internalizing them as these are bad, but again, taking these things, taking these maladaptive daydreams, taking some of the ideas from them and saying, I'm going to put this into practice and I'm going to turn this into an adaptive skill for me. What is it that I feel like I'm deficient in? Can I work on that? Not to say I need to be the best at it, not saying I'm garbage because I don't have it, but are there things that I can do to help improve myself? And that's a way to ground yourself into this, into a focused concerted effort towards learning, towards growing, and developing yourself. And again, that's something that you can do right now, right? Back to the things that I can do right now to help my back. These are things that I can do right now that will help me in the future. So perhaps some of that stuff can help you in your effort to try to uh, eliminate or minimize maladaptive daydreaming. Now, lastly, if you have friends or, or uh, acquaintances or loved ones around you that know when you start to get into your daydreams, let them know what those signs are, what the things are that, that um, they could see. And then you two developing a code word, a way to bring you out of it that is calming, that is loving, that is attentive, that is caring, right? That, you know, that isn't 
aggressive unless that's something that you want or need, but is, is something that's going to gently bring you back to reality as a gentle reminder to stay present. So, Tara, I hope some of this was helpful. I'm just going to go ahead and um, slide the music in right here. But I hope this was helpful for you, Tara. I hope this was helpful for someone else out there who's listening to it. If there's someone out there who wanted to add more things, maybe perhaps you have maladaptive daydreaming, and there are some things that I mentioned that didn't help for you or things that I didn't mention that, that absolutely will work or could help, let me know. Go over to fearcastpodcast.com. You can send me a message there and let me know. Go over to the episode page over at um, go over to the episode page at Fearcast Podcast. Go over to the episode page at um, uh, Instagram. Uh, again, I'm Fearcast Podcast at Instagram. You can send me a message or tag something at the bottom of that. Um, if you you know if privacy is of concern, just send me a DM, and no one will ever know. Um, and I will add those to a future episode because um, you know I want this to be a good uh, repository for good information out there. And if I said something incorrect, someone correct me out there because I, I I also want to grow and learn and make mistakes. All right, everybody. I, I I hope everyone has a fantastic, wonderful week. I know I've been inconsistent with my podcasting. Again, things come up, life happens, and things get messed up. So, um, please remember, everybody, that the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you need a little bit of help in your treatment, go over to FearCastPodcast.com and click on the Find Help link, and there's going to be some stuff for you there. So, until next time, everybody, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye. Bye.